Hi, everyone. This is Achute Tabava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the sun's opposition to Neptune, which is perfecting today. We started looking at this transit last Friday. We're going to continue today with a little deeper meditation on this combination. Um, I paired today's discussion with a reading from the I Ching uh, about the sun and Neptune. So um, hopefully there'll be some good insights for us here today. Um, before I do that, I'm going to uh, bring up the real-time clock, remind you of what the aspect looks like, when and how it's perfecting, preview a few other things that are going on uh, in the sky this week. Um, and uh, But before I do that, I also want to remind all of you that my new course, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, uh, is beginning again in November. So if you are someone who has wanted to study in one of my courses, uh, we have been waiting for the right time, we start enrollments every six months. So new program is beginning a new co cohort. This is officially the 23rd group of students that I've led through this program. It's hard to believe. Um, so you can check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go to the courses page, click on the first year course. If you scroll down, you can learn all about the program. Check it out. Ask questions if you have them. You can email us info at nightlightastrology.com. This is a really comprehensive program in ancient astrology. We um, study ancient astrology from the ground up, the history, the spiritual philosophy and metaphysics. We really, we take deep dives into where and how and why behind every aspect of astrological theory, houses, what are they, signs, what are they, where did they ever come from, why were they ever a thing in the first place? And um, by doing so, and like very methodically working our way through Hellenistic astrology, uh, we also work our way into um, modern uh, aspects of modern psychological and archetypal astrology. By the end of the program, you'll see me reading for live clients, and then we break down those sessions together in class as a group. There are breakout study sessions that we have in between uh, lessons. So there's 30 lessons on the year. There's breakout study sessions between them, uh, like tutoring sessions, you could say. There is a staff of tutors that are there to help you throughout the year. We have an additional 12 guest lectures that come in. Um, so it's just a, a full-on year of spiritual immersion into the subject of astrology. There's an early bird payment plan. You save $500 off if you sign up now. So program's filling up. Please be sure to use that while you can. Also, the payment plan is there if you need it. And we also have tuition assistance plans for people who are on a tight budget and might need um, some extra help. We're always trying to make sure that no one's priced out of the program. So if you're a single parent or if you're a full-time student or something and um, you're only part-time employed, if COVID's hit you hard, whatever the case might be, if you're retired and you're on like a fixed income, we're happy to work with you. Uh, just check out the need-based tuition on the website as well. So um, that being said, I am now going to bring up the real-time clock and we're going to take a look at um, the upcoming opposition between the sun and, uh, excuse me, the sun and Neptune. So let's go ahead and do that. And I'm going to just fiddling around here. All right, here we go. Here's a real time clock. And you can see that today into tomorrow, the sun in Virgo is opposing Neptune in the sign of uh, Pisces, the fish. It's interesting in one of my classes yesterday, we had someone who had a question about a horary question about their goldfish. And uh, it was really funny because at the time that they asked the question, you know, Pisces, the fish were rising and the, 
Jupiter in Pisces had been on the ascendance. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, it was funny symbolism. And uh, this interesting thing about this horary was that the goldfish, she wondered if the goldfish were going to die. And actually what happened was the one she was worried about ended up changing colors. Um, that was a fascinating chart that we looked at. Anyway, um, so you can see here that we're also going into a first quarter moon today. So it's one of those... Um, it's one of those moments in the lunar cycle that's pretty critical in terms of the development of the cycle that we're in right now. And so you have the first quarter moon squaring Neptune and squaring the sun, uh, creating a little bit of a T-square in the air here today. This is September 13th into September 14th that you can probably notice this energy the most. You probably would have been feeling it over the weekend as well. Okay, so that being said, what else is going on this week that we're going to be taking a look at here. Let's just push this forward a little bit more and you're going to see the things, the other transits that are starting to form. First of all, Mars is going to jump into the sign of Libra this week. We'll be taking a look at that. That happens oh, roughly Wednesday, September 15th. So we'll be taking a look at that transit. We're also going to see by um, a little bit later in the week, you're going to see Venus in Scorpio pulling into a square with Saturn in the sign of Aquarius. So these are pretty big. You're also going to see Mercury starting to get into the square to Pluto. This is really funny to me that, um, you know, we're, we're having all of this um, dynamism unfolding and then Mercury is going to turn retrograde and go back through. I guess it's not funny. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's going to be uh, an interesting end to the month of September. So you can see that um, if we go forward a little bit by next week, again, what we're looking at, Mercury square to Pluto, Mercury stationing, turning retrograde. We've got the full moon coming through. We've got Venus going through an opposition to uh, Uranus. So next week is fireworks. This week, a little bit of prep for the, for the fireworks. So at any rate, today we're going to, like I said, we're going to visit once again the sun opposite Neptune. So watch part one last week about the sun opposite Neptune for the kind of basic breakdown of the sun and Neptune as symbols. Today, what I want to focus on is the I Ching reading that I did. So, you know, ask, asking the I Ching to comment on whatever aspect is going on. This is something that I've done. I used to write, I used to do my written blogs with the I Ching involved, you know, six, seven years ago. And then, um, you know, as I went on to YouTube, occasionally I would um, bring them in, but oftentimes the I Ching will inform the way that I end up talking about transits, whether I share it with everyone overtly or not. So it's sometimes it's fun to just bring it out and, and watch how this entirely different oracular system can comment and offer insight into the archetypal dimensions of a planetary combination like the Sun and Neptune. So anyway, I got the hexagram number three, hexagram number three in this case. Hexagram number three is often called difficulty at the beginning. And I love this hexagram because of the picture that it shows, which is almost like there was a movie that came out some years ago. I want to say it was probably over 10 years ago now. Um, and it was called The Tree of Life. And I believe it was a Terrence Malick film. And it was uh, um, it was like it was very little acting or talking or plot. It was almost just 
this breathtaking visual depiction of the unfolding of creation. And in the beginning of that, of course, there's like this primordial soup on the earth. And then you watch very gradually as the soup turns into life and as the life um, very gradually um, uh, turns into more and more complex forms of life. So it's kind of almost like an evolutionary or, or orchestra or something. It's hard to explain that movie if you've never seen it. But at any rate, the image of the I Ching is actually kind of similar in that it shows in the in the beginning, this is the third hexagram, right? So the first hexagram is all yang, the second hexagram all yin. From the one comes the many. And then as creation is starting, there's difficulty at the beginning because everything is young. It's like a little seedling trying to, you know, um, take root and 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 sprout and grow. And it has to deal with like all these adverse conditions. So similarly, what I remember about this Terrence Malick film was that, you know, everyone, uh, or all, everyone, well, I guess we're all, they're all beings, but all of these, you know, microbes and basic forms of plant life and, you know, all this biodiversity is like just struggling to emerge. And then eventually as, as it does, there's these, moments of rapid synthesis and growth and development. And then, you know, you get more and more, you get the appearance of stability. Uh, there's the, the life becomes sturdier and it establishes itself and it becomes strong. And then the goal of life, so to speak, is accomplished. So in the aging difficulty at the beginning is sometimes speaking to the exact same dynamic that in the early stages of creation, um, everything in the beginning, um, although it has tremendous promise and although there's no reason really to believe that it won't get there in the end, it won't, it won't blossom or manifest or flourish that in the beginning, it's kind of a, a really, um, intense time. There's a lot of fear and there's a really, in, in, there's an incredible, um, need for faith in the beginning because it's, it, it, everything's uncertain. And even though the life contains everything that it needs and uh, might be on more of a smooth uh, path than it even realizes toward establishing itself, um, the feeling that it could all go off the tracks, you know, that, that, that you might not get there is, is really strong. And also this hexagram tends to come up when there are um, all sorts of, there's all sorts of issues that tend to accompany beginnings. Right. And so a beginning is a stage of life that we're, we are familiar with in both large and small ways. Every day, there's a new beginning every within every day, there are many new beginnings. Um, and then, you know, in the bigger sense in life, there are longer periods of life that are marked by changes and new beginnings. I've lived in a place for 30 years and then I move and it's a new beginning. That's a different kind of new beginning than getting up in the morning. So life is, is filled with new beginnings. And the instruction of this hexagram is really, what do you do with a new beginning? Now you might be asking, well, what does this have to do with Neptune and the sun? That's really important because Neptune and the sun, one of the most basic things you could say about Neptune and the sun is that any vision that we have for our life that we feel compelled by, I must do this. I need to do this. There's something bigger than me and it's calling me. Well, how do you get there, especially in the beginning, especially when you first receive a vision or especially when there's a sense of something that's worth fighting for or putting your heart and soul into and you receive the seed, this little 
you know, impression, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to go back to school, or this is what I want to do. I want to take up a meditation practice, or I want to ask this person, I want to get married, or I want to have kids, or whatever it is that we want to do with our lives. It comes in, we get an impression of something, and then it's like, well, well, you know, it's so vulnerable, isn't it? Where do I even begin? Where do I even start? So Neptune and the sun a lot of the times has to do with the reception of a vision or the checking in with ourselves about our life vision. As we talked about last Friday, do I have a life vision? Am I living my authentic life? Is this someone else's life? Is this someone else's dream or image? Um, but once we have that dream or image, then the question becomes how to, um, how to put my faith into this image. Um, the sun Neptune is a combination that often brings up the, the issue of faith. If I'm going to do something, if I'm going to undertake some great um, work, then I need to put faith and hope and trust in the sanctity of this vision and in its rightness for me, or that come, you know, hell or high water, uh, you know, succeed or fail, that I'm going to do this. And I trust that whatever comes of it is what I need or is going to be okay. So I'm sure that you guys who are listening to this have probably had a moment like that before in your life. I mean, I know that I've had, you know, like becoming an astrologer. I remember specifically the moment that I decided I'm going to go for this. I was, I just had started to collect unemployment. I was sitting on my front steps in, uh, I was living in Manhattan in a tiny little um, apartment. It was, I had some friends over recently. They were like, we remember visiting you in that tiny little apartment. Yeah, it was like a shoebox tiny little apartment in Manhattan I was living in. And, and I remember sitting out on the stoop um, and um, I was sitting out there and I was, I was just sobbing because I just felt I'd just broken up with a girlfriend, uh, you know, or things were, things were in the process of falling apart with the girl I was dating. And uh, you know, I was collecting unemployment. Things were not going the way that I thought they were. The only thing I knew is that I loved astrology. I just, this, I loved this so much. And I thought, well, I'm unemployed. And at the time also I happened to be, have my, my book coming out and I had to go and do a, like a month long book tour to a bunch of like bookstores around the country and some radio appearances and stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just take a shot. I guess I'll just try being an astrologer. And you know, if it doesn't work, that's okay, but I'm just going to go for it. And, you know, um, again, like, this, this, it was this very young, immature, fearful, but faithful feeling. And the sun and Neptune can be like that, where we get a vision, we're overwhelmed by life, we feel, or we feel like we're at a really big turning point. There's a kind of sea change occurring in our lives. And we go like, well, am I going to do something radically different and take a shot um, at a dream or a wish or a hope or a fantasy of some kind that lives in my soul? Or, you know, do I have to essentially, um, you know, walk away, you know, sort of with, with some sort of, with fear overwhelming me. I can't do this. It's too overwhelming. There's no real purpose here for me. I might as well just resign myself to, that's also Sun Neptune, the feeling of overwhelm and the feeling that my dream or, you know, the, the path that I might want to pursue, you know, it's not for me, it's for someone else. To other people get to do that kind of stuff, but not me. So Sun Neptune can be like that. And so at any rate, I remember that moment really, really well and the fear there and then the, just the kind of leap of faith that's required. 
So Neptune's son is often about a leap of faith, but it also has a lot to do with um, the, the kinds of resources we need to maintain faith in a vision that is going to lead our lives for some time. And also knowing that at the beginning, at the beginning stage of putting our faith in a vision, the I Ching is telling us that there's, there's lots of things to be aware of, the kinds of um, demons you'll face, the kinds of, you know, challenges that are there when you're following something with faith and it's a new beginning and everything's young and fresh and there's kind of a fear in the air. So um, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because this is such an archetypal Sun-Neptune dynamic. How many times in my sessions with clients, you know, do I sit down with someone and they, they, they're having a Neptune-Sun transit and they say, I just know that I need to do something different with my life, but it's scary because I don't really know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, that's very common. And so you have to find the faith somehow and you have to know how to navigate the difficulty of beginning the pursuit of a new dream or vision for your life. So I'm going to talk about this now from the standpoint of what the I Ching has to say about this. Difficulty in the beginning, according to hexagram number three, has a number of different problems that come with it. Things you have to be aware of when starting off at the beginning with faith in a vision. One, transitions come at beginnings. In other words, a beginning isn't just a fresh start. It's almost always a transition from a previous or another state. So you have to know something about transitions. Okay, we're going to come back to what kind of wisdom is needed for tr transitions in a minute. The other thing that can come up, difficulty at the beginning, is that immaturities come at beginnings. So it's normal that a beginning isn't fresh, that it's involving some transitions, transitions are difficult, and that immaturity is a part of being at the start of something. It's a part of it. So we have to know that and then know how to handle it. Impatience comes at beginnings. We can see where we want to go. And so it's very easy to start rushing in that direction or to think that because I can see where I already, where I want to go, that I should already be there or I already am there. So impatience is a difficulty at the beginning. Lack of resources comes at the beginning of pursuing any kind of dream or desire with, um, with faith in our heart. Well, I'm going to pursue this thing with faith, but I don't have the resources but I'm impatient, but I'm sort of immature. I don't know what I'm doing or, but it's, this is involving a big transition and it, the transition is stressful. Unpreparedness comes at beginnings. I'm going to do this thing, but I'm unprepared. I don't, I don't know what I need. I don't even know what I don't know. And fear comes at beginnings. So this is a short list, but fear also comes at beginnings. What if it doesn't work? What if I'm, what if I'm out to lunch here? What if I'm date, you know, what if I'm fantasizing about something that absolutely can't, will not turn out the way that I hope it will. And then I'll be disappointed. What if people, what will people think of me or whatever the case might be? So these are the kinds of challenges. Transitions come at beginnings. Immaturity comes at beginnings. Impatience comes at beginnings. Lack of resources or unpreparedness uh, and fear. So what are the counterparts to those that the I Ching tells us that we need to develop if we're going to, with faith, pursue something and actually see it through, or regardless of if it succeeds or fails, receive some very deep spiritual benefit from having pursued something. So transitions at beginnings. Because you're starting off with something or you're shifting your vision for your life or in some area of your life knowing that that may involve a transition, you need to have the art of flexibility and compromise in your toolkit. 
flexibility and compromise are just part of the, the, the game when you're making a transition. And that can be hard because part of the way that a new dream or vision establishes itself in our life is through this sense of single pointedness. I am going toward this thing. There's nothing that will hold me back. I've got single pointed focus. And then flexibility feels like an enemy. But you have to recognize that at least for a little bit of time as something's getting started, you have to be flexible and certain compromises have to be there until you can kind of clear the space, make the transition, and then develop that single pointed focus. For example, you know, you may be someone who wants to work out four or five days a week. Um, but you know, your childcare is an issue next year. It won't be because you have, uh, they're, they're going to school or something like that. And then you have to wait a year and only work out three or two days a week, um, until that transition can be made. And then your schedule opens up the, you know, people will lose the faith in the vision and the focus because they don't like the transition and the flexibility and compromise that's initially required before the single pointed focus can be a, sort of like applied. So they'll just quit. Similarly, um, and remember Neptune and the sun, one of the negative significations of Neptune and the sun is I want to do something, but I'm too weak to do that. I'm too impatient to do that. It won't work out. I can't do it all right now. Fine. I quit. I take my ball and I go home. So Neptune's sun provides some visions. It also quits really easily on visions if it feels overwhelmed or if there's any compromise of the ideal like that. So immaturity comes at beginnings. What's the counterpart? The I Ching tells us that the counterpart is that we need to look for allies and gain experience. So similarly, in the, I remember in the beginning of my astrological career, you know, here I am starting off in astrology. I don't know anything about the industry. I don't know. I don't know any practitioners really, you know. So you, you know, when you're starting off at something, it is normal before, again, before you can develop that single pointed focus, before you can see real growth and gains and development in the direction that you want to, that you have to um, look for friends, look for allies, gain experience that takes flexibility and patience as well. Impatience comes at beginnings. So in the early stages of development, when something is weak, Having faith in it doesn't mean that you rush toward something. Having faith in a dream or a vision means that you there's an internal knowing that you have to allow to cultivate. The internal knowingness, the trust, the faith, and the hope have to grow in slow, steady, and quiet ways over time. Think of your hope, trust, and faith in a vision as something that has to creep up through the concrete and like a little flower. And, and that means that, you know, in the beginnings, when you're building something, you just have to know it's going to get there. And I have to move slow and steady. I have to have patience where I feel impatient because impatience for a Sun-Neptune dynamic is the killer of um, a dream or a vision. Lack of resources come at the beginnings. So you also have to be content to slowly accumulate the resources that you need. I remember, I'm just using my astrology career as an example because I think it was one of the times in my life that was most Sun Neptune like, and I also interestingly had um, some really important um, progressed aspects uh, to the Sun and Neptune going on in my birth chart at the time. Anyway, um, so your lack of resources comes at the beginning, slow accumulation of resources. I remember just building my astrological library of books, taking classes getting experience for a whole year by doing nothing but donation-based readings, 
Um, you know, so you slowly accumulate knowledge and experience, but you have to do that while also not losing faith in um, where, you know, in your vision and that it's okay to be in this kind of early idealistic stage of, of realizing something that you're, that you're dreaming about. Um, unpreparedness comes at beginnings. So something that you have to develop in the beginning that you, you can't really, you can't get rid of the, the like unpreparedness is like part and parcel of, of the early stages of developing something. You can't develop resourcefulness without the experience of being unprepared or of lacking resources. So resourcefulness is something that you develop and you do so again with faith, not that, well, you know, I have to, I don't have all the resources I need. So I guess I'll throw my vision out. Classic sun, Neptune. I have something beautiful that I want to do, but it's easier to let it live in the ideal realm because everything here is requiring so much work and effort and patience and flexibility and looking for allies and getting experience, moving slow and steady and slowly accumulating things and having to develop resourcefulness. And it's a hustle. So the sun Neptune has to ground itself in what is required for, you know, creation to actually flourish and develop beyond the seed image that is compelling it to do so. Finally, fear comes at beginnings. Fear, just fear, all sorts of different kinds of fears. What will people think? Will I be capable? What will I feel if I don't accomplish this? What will happen, you know, uh, um, to my relationships, whatever the case might be. So you need trust, hope, and faith at the beginning of any endeavor. And maybe if the sun Neptune represents anything in the best sense, it's faith, faith in a vision. And, and we also have to let go of expectations. Well, what is faith? I mean, to put it simply, this is the way that I talk about it with my, my students in my programs when we talk about um, faith from the standpoint of um, the beliefs of ancient astrologers and so forth. You know, we all begin with axiomatic starting points. You could call them like axiomatic truths that we start with. For example, these are some of the most common that I, I just wrote some of them down that I'm used to hearing, you know, students and, um, and clients and stuff like that. If we ever get into deeper philosophical territory that they'll say, I believe that truth can be known. That's a starting point. You either believe that, you know, human beings are capable of knowing something about reality and divinity and living their lives in relationship with the truths that can be known, or you believe that, you know, I, I can't know, or I can only know a very, very little, or truth is totally relative. Everything is relative or someone saying, no, I believe in absolutes. Somewhat an axiomatic starting point for a lot of people is that I believe that I'm a spirit soul and that um, I live beyond this body and lifetime. There's more to my life than just this particular lifetime or existence. Other people will say, I can't or don't know, or one can't know such a thing, or I don't believe in such a thing. I live my life according to the conclusion that this lifetime is all that there is. I live according to an, I don't know standard, but any, any of these are still axiomatic starting points. Your life will be lived according to the conclusions that you have formed, however, unconsciously. And we can't avoid that. We all have skin in the game to exist and to be as, as, uh, as I think it was Aristotle who said that we're all political animals. Well, political would mean that we belong to cre creation. We, in, a, in a vaster sense, we all belong to the cosmos. We're cosmic citizens. So you can't live your life without, you know, at least unconsciously can't live your life as um, without there being some, um, 
basic way in which you, your, your actions are guided by conclusions that you've made, right? Like if you say, well, you know, I don't know that I don't know what is there or what isn't there or what I can say or what I can't say or what can be known or not known. That's still a starting point that is going to subtly over the course of time guide the way you act and think and feel and interact with people. And it leads to a particular dimension of experience. So we all have starting points and we put our faith in them and act them out. So there's no way to avoid the Sun-Neptune conclusion, which is that life somehow requires of us that we experiment or explore with starting points and desires and visions about what might be real or what might be true. Remember, the sun was also called the noetic light, the light that tells us something about what is true or real. And what we, um, and if the sun Neptune is giving us some conviction to live on behalf of what we think is true or real, it's inevitable that at times we'll have to reevaluate. We'll have experiences. We will assess those experiences. They'll cause us to reflect on our starting points. They'll cause us to reflect on our faith statements. And we have to then keep modifying and shifting. And isn't it amazing that reality allows us to do that? It's like a choose your own adventure game of faith. What am I putting my faith in? What kind of results does it lead to? Can I adjust and live a different choose your own adventure? You bet I can. We do this within this lifetime, what to speak of many lifetimes. So faith is a lens through which we see and experience. Um, uh, uh, it's a starting point. And um you know, for most of us, the difficulty comes in not knowing a starting point, not having one clearly um, articulated, because here's the thing is that when you clearly articulate a faith statement, this is what I'm doing, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to try, and you go after it, you're going to learn so much more than if you move in trepidation, too scared to make a faith statement, because then your faith statement is still there, but it's just uncertainty and fear. And the results of uncertainty and fear mostly suck from what I can tell, right? Whereas if you put some skin in the game and, and clearly articulate, this is where I'm putting my faith, whatever it is, and I'm going to go and I'm going to live life according to this, see where it takes me, you know, and, and, and live with the conclusions. Um, you just can't go wrong in that way because there's something about the universe that just seems to respond very well to that. It's like the, the old adage, you know, knock and, and the door will be open. And if you seek, you'll find. There's something that we find no matter what when we enter into life with some sense of faith. Faith, for example, the etymology means faithfulness to a trust or a promise, loyalty to a person, honesty, and truthfulness. There's something also about faith that comes from the word, um, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what it is, but it's uh, it, it basically means like a pledge, um, almost like a promise or a pledge, a, a creed. And so to put into trust or confide in something. Now, even if we say, well, I just, I don't know if I can trust him. I don't have the absurd, you know, uh, arrogance to think that I can trust in something or know something. That's still a faith statement. That's the point is that you're still going to live your life according to that conclusion. So be real, be aware of what your faith statements are. And it's amazing how much more feedback you'll get from them as you go and as things develop and know that whatever your faith might be, when you decide, Hey, it's time to replace 
an old faith statement with a new one and live according to a new vision, the difficulty at the beginning will be there. And that's when transitions, immaturity, impatience, lack of resources, unpreparedness, and fear will meet you. In which case, you need some flexibility, you need to make sure you look for allies and be careful, you know, patient to gain experience, slow and steady, slow accumulation, develop resourcefulness, and keep trust, hope, and faith while letting go of expectations or attachments to the way that things will turn out. These are all Sun-Neptune teachings at their, at their heart. So how does the, the I Ching tell us that a person finally develops the ability to have a faithful, steady heart? Well, um, the first one is that you can't, there's no way to, to daily live a life of, of clear, articulated faith, meaning this is my vision. I'm, I'm moving toward this, or there, there may be few of them in different areas, but the, the, these are the images that compel me that I'm being faithful toward, that I'm somehow binding to my heart and walking toward without expectation, but going toward with all of my resources, cultivating the best virtues in myself that I can. How does the I Ching tell us that we can actually do this, especially when, you know, at the beginning, when things are so difficult, <clears throat> you can't, you can't do any of this unless you're also cultivating the heart. It sounds nice, like, oh, I'll just write down these qualities and like, like it's some kind of strategy that I take. Oh, okay. You know, Achuta said, like, I just have to be like flexible. I've got to look for allies. What do you do? You just write these down and then go do those things. No, there's no way that we could do those things unless we're also daily cultivating a faithful heart. Well, how do you cultivate a, a faithful heart? That's the question. There's a lot of different ways to cultivate a faithful heart. I don't know one spiritual or religious tradition that doesn't emphasize a couple of things. One, to cultivate a faithful heart, you have to be careful what you put into your mind and body. The main reason for that is that your, your, your heart is like the, the real brain of the body. And so, you know, if you're putting in crappy content, crappy um, ideas, um, you know, cheapening of, of people's dignity, bad associations or friendships, you know, trivial or, or cheap things, whatever, if you're putting in junk, it clouds the heart and it's really hard to stay aware of and true to um, your faith statements in life. So it's, it's number one thing I, I can't, again, I can't think of one of the great religious and spiritual traditions, whether we're talking about, you know, indigenous shamanic traditions that I've had the uh, benefit to study or learn about or yoga or, you know, mystical Christianity, I mean, Buddhism that doesn't say, you know, day in and day out, you have to take care of your body because your body is a temple for the indwelling spirit, soul, the, the heart. So you have to take care of it every day. That's not something you can really slack off on um, if you want to initiate a new vision in your life. It's like for most of us who don't have some kind of spiritual practice, we're cultivating the heart every day. It's going to be really all that much harder when we get clear about where we want to go with something or what we're being called to do. If we don't have the, the actual resource of our heart to help us along the way. So the number one thing we need to cultivate with Sun Neptune is heart, a heart and um, uh, like a, a heart and soul, like a, like a caring for or tending to the heart and soul every single day. So be careful of what you put into your body. That also includes like diet and sleep and not that we have to be perfect, but you have to think about these things because 
you're literally your heart and soul are living inside being like, are you taking care of me? Or are you just, you know, like I need the ego is my servant. That's here to like, help me live a soulful life. And your ego's like, Oh, this is just all about me and whatever I want. Well, if the ego can kind of redirect and say, Hey, you know what me, my character, my temporary body, I'm here to serve the indwelling soul. So you start taking care of it. When you start taking care of your body and your mind, attending to it as if there is a heart and soul, all of a sudden the heart and soul starts to talk to you and it starts to give you more and more instructions about what it, what pleases it, what, what its dreams are, what its hopes are, what its aspirations are, what it likes, what it's afraid of. You start to get to know your heart because you intentionally take care of it through the way that you take care of your physical body and your mind. So if you're doing that every day, that's the first thing. The second thing that I would add to it is that you can't, I mean, taking care of the heart and soul allows for it to come forth and be happy and then talk to you, but you also have to take time out every day to actually commune with it. In yoga philosophy, we say that, you know, the, the heart in the heart, it's like, there's a little tree and there's a branch on the tree and there's two birds. And the one bird is the spirit soul. And the other bird is God. And they're both hanging out there together. They're, they're joined in, in a sense, they're one, but they're also different. And the little bird, um, it, when we go into the heart and cultivate it every day, it's like the, the way that the little bird is often working is as though, um, you know, I'm just doing this and this and this and this, and I'm doing all sorts of stuff. And the other bird, the higher self, God is like just sitting there watching, watching and waiting and saying, hey, you know, anytime that you want to turn around and recognize that I'm also here with you and have a relationship and see what comes of that, I'm ready. And I'm not going anywhere. And I'm here and I'm also overseeing and making sure you're okay. So we take care of our body, we take care of what comes in and out, and the heart starts to come forth. Then we get to hear it speak. We also have to take daily time every single day to actually tune in and listen and commune with the other bird that's sitting on the branch there with us in the heart. Most people don't even know there is a bird in the heart. You know, it's like we're not even tending to it. What to speak of if you take time every day, sit down and, and listen to your heart through something like mantra meditation, through something like prayer, through something, uh, even just a journal, talking to God or the universe, what, just pouring your heart out and then being quiet and listening. It's like there's some people, if you've ever been out, I don't know, in a group of people and you realize there's some people that they won't just jump into a conversation and like express themselves that there, they has to be quiet and they have to feel that it's, it takes a, it's like an art to draw certain people out, you know, and, and, and they're not going to like just cheaply throw things out into a conversation. You realize that sometimes it's like, I'm always curious about that person who's a little quieter, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, then they start opening up. It's like a petal. It's like the flowers opening up in, under the moon or something. It's like the soul is like that too. You don't spend time with it quietly listening daily. You won't, it won't come out and start talking. It's like, if you're moving too fast, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not just a thing on your checklist. I'm the main thing, you know, and the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. So if we don't take time every day to not only care for the temple of the body that houses the soul, but also commune with the soul, you know, we're not going to hear it. We're not going to hear the God and the soul don't um, come out easily. They don't come out just because we're like, okay, ding, ding, ding. It's, you know, it's prayer time. Tell me all, give me all the things. Okay, good. Now I've just got to go. I've got some more stuff on my schedule today. 
if communion with the soul and with divinity that lives in our soul becomes the main thing and we keep create more and more space for it every day, then that voice starts to speak. And that voice is holy shit. Awesome. Right? So that's what we've got to do. And that's exactly what the I Ching tells us in terms of the cultivation of what it calls a superior person. In order to follow dreams and have faith, we have to have a faithful heart. Can't have a faithful heart if there's not daily cultivation of the relationship with your heart and soul. So at any rate, Sun Neptune is a good day to um, you know, refine our visions and also to uh, renew our faith and to... Um, rekindle or reawaken because it's all it's been there at some point in the past for us the soul is an eternal spiritual being so it's not like we've never communed with the soul before it's it's also a time not only to rekindle faith but rekindle that connection with your heart and soul do it today you won't regret it i can't think of anything better going on in my life than that one portion of my life it's the single most amazing thing that guides every single aspect of my life when I'm at my best, whether it's the content I create or my marriage or my kids or my health or my relationships with family or my faults and my flaws or my body or anything. Only value, the only real wealth that I've ever had in my life has been the little meager amount that I've been able to pour into spending time with my heart and soul. So I hope you guys will do the same. I hope you guys have a really um, great week. I'm excited to break down more of the astrology ahead and we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye.